Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome in. Good to see you. It's been a, a couple of days now, or a few days since I last talked to you, at least on the morning live stream. I'm glad to be back and glad that you are with me. Spent uh, the weekend in New Orleans, actually, with the family. Had a nice time. Did all the basic stuff. Had beignets, uh, got oysters, went to Giacomo's, got po' boys, you know, did all that stuff. Took the little guy to the zoo. Uh, had a great time. So that's why I've been away from you for the last couple of days, but I'm really glad uh, to be with you once again right here on the morning live stream. Uh, I am Michael Borky, by the way. Uh, follow me on Twitter or every social media platform you can find me, including YouTube. Just search my name and hit that subscribe button. Uh, and this also gets uploaded in podcast form. Leave a rating and a review. Search Mike in the morning on iTunes. Michael Borky will also turn up results in Spotify. So uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review. And Wayne, I'm glad to be back. Good to see you, my friend. Although today... I have to talk about something that I just don't want to talk about. I mean, I've said this before, uh, maybe not on the stream, but definitely on the radio show. I have been asked a lot in my, through the six years or so of my professional career, if I would ever get into politics, if that's something that I'm interested in, if I wanted to transition away from sports and get into political news talk radio is what they call it, but it's, it's political talk. And I have, declined every time it's just not something that i'm interested in it's not something that i want to talk about um politics makes me frustrated angry uncomfortable i think this everything is stupid at this point uh, it's just it's not a subject matter that i would enjoy i would dread going to work every day i want to do sports because sports make me happy sports are fun they are politics free or or they were politics free and so Every time I have to talk about something like this, just like the state flag last year, stuff like that, I I hate it, but I know that I have to talk about it because this kind of stuff that the NCAA did yesterday directly affects or could directly affect the sports in this state. It's painful. It's frustrating. I I got into sports to avoid stuff like this, and yet here I am today having to talk about legislative stuff. It's frustrating as hell, but here's where we are. Yesterday, the NCAA released a statement, and it got everybody all fired up. Um, And mostly because a lot of people were either intentional or unintentionally uh, misconstruing what the statement said. We got a bunch of people that texted into the show yesterday that asked why the NCAA was taking postseason events away from Mississippi, stuff like that. Uh, I, I got a couple of text messages myself personally asking, you know, what's going on? How how can they do this? This isn't right. The NCAA is taking regionals away from Mississippi. And I think a lot of that is there are people, specifically on social media, that read this statement. I'll read it to you as well. From the NCAA, and like I said, I, I think a lot of it was intentional. But even if it wasn't, um, 
spun it to where they claimed that the NCAA was taking postseason events away from states with a law that w- that bans transgender athletes from competing in a sport that is not their biological gender or sex, if you will. Um, that is not what the NCAA said yesterday. There are people, I think maybe it's wishful thinking or reading something that wasn't actually there that just straight up said that these states are, are banning postseason events or, or the NCAA is banning postseason events from these states. That is not what this statement says. And so here's what it is right now. I will actually share it for you as well if you're watching. Uh, but if you're in podcast form, I will read it to you as uh, as well. So here it is. Here's the statement from the NCAA. And I'll read it in full. Because it's and I hate reading on this platform because statements like this get wordy and they're intentionally wordy. Uh, but I feel like I have to do it, especially for the hundreds of you that listen in podcast form. You got to hear it. Uh, but those of you that are watching, I think you can see this all. Yeah, you can. All right, here it is. The NCAA Board of Governors firmly and unequivocally supports the opportunity for transgender student athletes to compete in college sports. This commitment is grounded in our values of inclusion and fair competition. The NCAA has a longstanding policy that provides a more inclusive path for transgender participation in college sports. Our approach, which requires testosterone suppression treatment for transgender women to compete in women's sports, embraces the evolving science on the issue and is anchored in participation policies of both the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee. Inclusion and fairness can coexist for all student-athletes, including transgender athletes at all levels of sport. Our clear expectation is the association's top governing body is that all student-athletes will be treated with dignity and respect. We are committed to ensuing, or ensuring excuse me, that the NCAA championships are open for all who earn the right to compete in them. When determining where championships are held... The NCAA policy directs that only locations where hosts can commit to providing an environment that is safe, healthy, and free of discrimination should be selected. We will continue to closely monitor these situations to determine whether NCAA championships can be conducted in ways that are welcoming and respectful of participants. So very wordy, because that's what the NCAA does. Um But it does not say, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, it does not say anywhere in that statement that that a state with a certain law will not be hosting postseason events. It does not say that anywhere in the statement at all. It does say that the NCAA policy directs that only locations where hosts can commit to providing an environment that is safe, um, healthy, and free of discrimination should be selected. Okay, so that is ambiguous by design, in my opinion. It does not say there is a banishment. It says they will monitor the situation. If you can prove that you are a site, that it has inclusion uh, and is safe, and that's ambiguous by design, you can host these postseason events. Um, I am not going to give my opinion on these particular bills. Because I don't think it's relevant to this situation at all. Um, because I think this one of two things is going to happen to the NCAA as a result of this. My initial thought, and, and apparently, uh, word uh, or thoughts around 
here in the state of Mississippi who has one of those laws that has been signed that bans uh, athletes from competing against other athletes that do not match their biological sex. Uh, that is a law that has been signed already in the state of Mississippi. Uh, the the thought around here is that regionals, because that's what everybody's focused on, will not be affected, at least this year, that they will not be affected. And, I mean, they had to submit bids yesterday. It was yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday. They had to submit bids yesterday, and the initial thinking is that uh, it will not affect anything. If it does, if that changes, of course, we'll tell you on social media. Well, I'll tell you here. We'll tell you on the radio show as well. But that's the initial thinking. It could be wrong. It could change. But nobody appears to be worried right now. Um, again, I'm not going to share my opinion on whether or not these bills are, are, are right or not. Um, I'm sure you could probably figure out my thoughts on it if you really if you really thought about it. But that's that's not even relevant to what I'm going to say here. When I read this, I thought it has no teeth um, and that people were misconstruing what the statement actually said. Um, it is my opinion that they will never do this because there are up to 30 states that either have a law that is already on the books like this, is going through the legislative process and awaiting gubernatorial signature to put a law like this on the books or has multiple laws going through legislative session that will soon uh, get passed up to 30 states, more than half the country. And most importantly, the one that I'm going to point to is Texas. I imagine I, I again, I don't know if this is happening. Uh, I imagine that other states with cities that like to host events will also be considering something like this. Tennessee is one. So you have Texas, Tennessee. I imagine either Florida or Georgia is going to get into the fold rather quickly. You have more than half the country that is engaging in this kind of banishment. So I do think, or I believe wholeheartedly, that the NCAA would never actually go through with this. Because above everything else, they love money. And if the NCAA bans every state that is engaged in an anti-trans athlete bill, that means no more postseason events in Dallas. Means no more postseason events in Houston or San Antonio, who just hosted the Women's Final Four, if I remember correctly. That means no more events in Nashville. In any big city in a state that is passing one of these bills. I do not believe the NCAA will go through with this because they love money and they make a lot of money hosting events in states like Texas that have three major metropolitan areas that do a great job at hosting postseason events. That is at the root of it. That's why I think this will never happen. But if it does, if the NCAA decides, well, they've got schools that are uh, breaking their rules openly, um, allegedly covering up assaults of the domestic and sexual variety in the name of protecting the football team, and they do nothing about it. If they if they choose to focus on this and, and really show their teeth on this instead of their member institutions breaking their rules, if the NCAA decides they want to get in on this and actually 
ban these states from competition, I promise you, I will guarantee this, put my mortgage on it, that that's the end of the NCAA. If they ban 30 states, up to 30 states, from hosting postseason events, that's it. That's them signing their own death sentence, if they choose to do that. There are too many states involved, and that's why I think that this will never happen. But they've shown hypocrisy before. The NCAA, the SEC, has shown hypocrisy before. You guys remember the flag thing. Um, And the worst part about stuff like this is that if it is in fact true, which I do not believe that there's any teeth to it, but let's pretend for a second like there is, and the NCAA bans Ole Miss and Mississippi State and possibly Southern Miss. They're working their way towards being a fringe uh, host. They're playing really good baseball right now. If they decide to go through with this, they will again punish people that have nothing to do with it. There is not a single athlete. There is not a single coach or administrator at the University of Mississippi or Mississippi State University or Southern Miss that had any say or vote whatsoever in the law that Tate Reeves signed last month. Not one person will have been involved in that, just like the flag, where the NCAA and the SEC, as hypocritical as that was because they played the SEC championship in Georgia and um, – Look at how Georgia got their state flag. But anyway, we've talked about that before. Um, If they decide to do that, just like with the flag, where Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss would not fly that flag on their campus. They went to the Capitol to campaign against it. They Everybody in those places wanted it gone. So you would, again, be punishing people that have nothing to do with it. Mike Bianco, do you think he would ever ever publicly support or or deny a law, he never gets into stuff like that. Not a single player on that team, none of them probably give a crap about this. They, they, don't, they probably don't know what it is. They haven't read the bill. They, they are so removed from stuff like that. They're not involved at all. And if they decide to do this, they'd be punishing people that have nothing to do with it. And if they do not do it for every state, they'd be hypocrites. And if they do it, if they ban postseason events from Texas and Tennessee and Mississippi and up to 30 states that are trying to pass one of these bills, then it will be the end of the organization. So that's why I believe it will never happen unless it's selectively enforced. And we've seen that happen before. So I really wouldn't put that past them. I wouldn't put it past them at all. So, yeah, um, There's 15 minutes of thoughts on something that exhausts me to talk about. But that's where I think everything stands right now. Um, A lot of news companies intentionally, whether it be clickbait or otherwise, misled uh, what the statement says. I think currently it says nothing. Um, It could. Maybe it does. Maybe they selectively enforce this situation. But I do think there are too many states... Too much money, too many big markets that they love to host events in to do a blanket ban of postseason events in states that are uh, pushing through a law that uh, would force a student athlete to compete with their biological sex. 
in some circles, that is uh, that is a controversial uh, bill. But if 30 states pass it, they're not going down that road. I, I refuse to believe they'll go down that road. They've done stupid things before, so maybe they do stupid things again. But everybody panicked. Everybody thought that regionals were going to be taken away. I could be dead wrong. I've been wrong before. I will certainly be wrong again. But considering how many people are involved, I just don't believe that there's going to be any sort of um, real teeth behind this statement. At this time, I don't believe that is the case. But we'll find out. So we'll. uh, I've been reaching out to some people this morning. And so I'll try to get some answers, get a little more clarity to see if they're actually worried about this. But I I just I don't believe so right now. But uh, we will see. And last thing, speaking of the NCAA, uh, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are actually going to be able to recruit now. They're actually going to be able to recruit now at the end of May. So I don't know. uh, I said this yesterday on the radio show. There are a lot of people that quite don't realize um, how much of an uphill fight the coaching staffs in Oxford and Starkville have had in recruiting the the last few years. Well, last two cycles, really, but it was just one and a half. So when Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin took over, Lane Kiffin was hired, I believe, in December. Mike Leach was very early January. Um, The early signing period was, I mean, it was over, basically. Uh, there was really n- not a whole lot of recruiting that could have been done when they took over. It was mostly just salvaging what they could, maybe trying to get a signature in February, but that you know that was tough. They probably had one official visit weekend, and that was trying to just get somebody uh, on the boat. And then, excuse me, and then COVID hits in March before they had spring practice, obviously before they could have junior days in the summer, before they could host camps, before they really wanted official visitors on their campus. They obviously couldn't do it this fall, bring a bunch of kids in to you know see the tailgating and, and all that stuff and see the town buzzing and campus full of students and go party with some of the players at night, stuff like that. They couldn't do that, couldn't do any of it. And the difference between Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin And Eli Drinkwitz and Sam Pittman as well, they also had to fight this. And the rest of the SEC, as these are new coaching staffs that are recruiting a new set of kids that have not seen or had not seen Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin, had not seen Mississippi State under Mike Leach. Joe Moorhead was potentially recruiting some of these guys, as was Matt Luke. But there were kids that got to go to Auburn and – go to a game and go to spring practice and go to camp and see the town when it was when it was the town when people were there when it wasn't shut down got to see the campus when students were there when it wasn't shut down every other school in the SEC besides those four got to do that with recruits they signed in the last cycle and I've told you before forgive me for being repetitive but it bears repeating that the job that Ole Miss and Mississippi State did in recruiting in this cycle it cannot be overstated how good of a job it was because they were fighting with a hand tied behind their back. They hadn't gotten to have these kids visit their campus at all. They, Like I said, they, they couldn't have junior days. They couldn't do any of that stuff. 
you had a bunch of kids that signed with Ole Miss and Mississippi State through Zoom. I mean, Ole Miss signing a top, what was it, they were number 17 or, or something like that, and Mike Leach and Mississippi State cracking the top 25, it cannot be overstated how good of a job that is. And now, finally, starting on, I think it's June 2nd, if everything goes according to expectation, recruiting's open. They can have visitors. They can host camps. The kids can visit and see the schools for themselves instead of through a computer screen like you guys are watching me right now. It's a big deal because if Lane Kiffin can sign the number 17 class in the country via Zoom, what can he do when people actually show up? Because you guys know this as much as I do. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, to a much lesser degree, are very heavily negatively recruited against. Now, it appears that Lane Kiffin's strategy is to get more national kids, so it impacts him even more. Uh, Mississippi State has generally kind of tried to stay within the state of Mississippi, which helps them. But still, if they're trying to sign kids from out of state, they are negatively recruited against more so than other schools because of the state. That is that is a fact. I've heard it from recruits myself with my own two ears. I've heard the things that are said about Mississippi from kids that are visiting from out of state. And so getting them on campus is so important because they can actually see for themselves what you and I have seen through the course of, you know, I've been here for 11 years. You guys have probably been here for much longer than that. So the, the kids can see it for themselves. And a lot of times that negative recruiting backfires because they go visit and they're like, what the, what the hell are they talking about? This place is, it's fine. I, I mean, I feel comfortable. It's nice. It's not at all what they characterized it as. So getting kids to visit and see for themselves has really helped, air quotes here, level the playing field. Now the playing field's not level between the schools here and the rest of the SEC, because of obvious reasons, but it has certainly helped. And now they finally get to do that. So if they're signing top 20 classes right now, what do you think they're going to do when kids actually get to show up and see it for themselves? It's a big deal. And it really just underscores how good of a job they did in the last recruiting cycle anyway. It's a really big deal that we finally get recruiting back in the state, and it's going to be nuts. Kids are going to be going everywhere, which I think lost in all of this, those are the real winners. Because making that college decision, I could not have imagined trying to decide, I mean, my life, my college decision changed the course of of my life. And I wasn't an athlete. I was just a regular idiot student. Uh, And and it changed my life forever. Imagine being a football player, a high-level one, and you have to make a choice that will directly impact your future forever. And having to make that decision via Zoom. That was always so unfair to the kids. They were the the biggest losers in all of this. That was the kids because they didn't get to see the place that would dictate their future. And it was always a shame uh, that, that they weren't able to do it. So now them getting that chance, even though last year's kids found out where they're going to college via Zoom, because that's really how you learn about a place is through a computer screen, mile, hundreds of miles away. Um but it's good that they actually get that chance again to go see the place before they uh, make a decision that will change their life forever. But uh, 
a little too late for the NCAA, but at least they're actually doing something correct for the first time in a while. And uh, I'll get to this question from Craig before I let you guys go. He says, when will everyone just leave the NCAA and start the Power 5 League? Um, If they actually enforce the statement they released yesterday, it'll happen very soon. A couple years, at most. School, I mean, the Power Five is not going to put up with this. If that's the road they go down, they won't put up with it. Um, if the NCAA does what I think they will do, which is nothing, um, then I believe within 10 years, maybe much less. I can't believe they haven't by now figured out that they don't need the NCAA. They don't need it. What does the NCAA provide for them? I mean, especially now after the television negotiating deal that we learned that Mark Emmert possibly lost or left nine figures on the table. So the NCAA doesn't do anything well. They don't negotiate media contracts well. The SEC obviously does a very good job of that. The Big Ten does a very good job of that. So does the ACC. So why do they need the NCAA, who does a worse job? Uh, NCAA rules are about to be dated and arbitrary when name, image, and likeness passes, which is also something the NCAA dragged their feet on. So Congress is going to have to take over. Love when Congress gets their hands on something they don't really um, know anything about. That's going to be great. The NCAA could have solved this a while ago, but they chose to drag their feet. And so now legislators get to vote on it. Isn't that great? Um, So arbitrary rules, selective enforcement, they don't negotiate well. What's their what's what's the purpose? I can't believe they haven't figured that out by now. But if they take postseason events from thirty states away, that'll be it. I think the the future of college athletics does not involve the NCAA. However, um, they will hold on a little bit longer if they do nothing here, which is why I think they will do nothing. So. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Glad to be back. I love this little short morning live stream. I'm going to keep doing it. I uh, I missed it yesterday. I was driving back uh, from the great city of New Orleans. So y'all have a great week. Tomorrow I'll be talking the baseball series that's upcoming this weekend. I am so fired up for, the, for these games in Starkville. I, I can't even tell you. I cannot wait to start talking about these games, uh, and I will do that tomorrow so y'all have a great rest of your day thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to subscribe to youtube or the podcast or follow me on any social media Uh, check out the radio show in the afternoon of course and i will uh, talk to you guys again tomorrow morning y'all have a good day Mississippi Media Production.